As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Relief line of soft gels. Plus CBD Relief is the ideal way to help promote a healthy inflammatory response. Plus CBD Relief is doctor-formulated with recovery-supporting ingredients, including CBD, CBDA, and Levagen plus PEA. Relief soft gels help address minor everyday soreness, support joint function, and encourage recovery following strenuous activity. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. And with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's Relief Soft Gels. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking about the microbiome, but specifically uh, a subset of the microbiome is called the estrobolome. Uh, it's uh, the impact of the microbiome on uh, hormone levels, in particular estrogen. We know there's a condition called estrogen dominance that afflicts a high percentage of women. Uh, Dr. Shunny is a naturopathic physician in private practice since 2001. She's currently at Santa Cruz Integrative Medicine in Santa Cruz, California. You can't get more integrative than Santa Cruz, California, can you? No, probably not. That place is so holistic. I mean, wow. <laughs> so it, it's a, it, it's a, where it's you know it's where these the sea meets the mountains. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so some of those uh, hippies who hung around there in the '60s and '70s are, are checking in with uh, you know middle age and you know typical baby mm-hmm. boomer problems. And what types of uh, patients uh, are you seeing that that reflect this estrobolome uh, uh, imbalance? Well, so. Um, my practice. Uh, I've been in. I've been in California practicing uh, since 2006. I was in New York and Connecticut prior to that. Um, and I would say that you know the the bulk of my practice are perimenopausal and menopausal women. Um, you know, maybe 40 to 60. That being said, I do see um, you know women uh, with younger women with menstrual and fertility issues. I see. I see teenagers. I see men. I, you know, I do see. Do see folks of all of all ages, but because of the focus of my practice on you know forty to sixty year old women, um, I definitely see you know I'm watching them transition from whatever their menstrual life was like um, when they were menstruating regularly, and how and you know how that may have impacted their sleep, their energy, their mood, their weight, um, and then how as things change. Um, you know, that, that, that is, um, that those things are all changing too. And, you know, I, I often think about, you know, perimenopause and, and menopause. I know a lot of folks think, oh, that's, that's when you have no more estrogen and it's actually an estrogen, you know, it's a deficiency, so to speak. Um, but I, but you might be surprised to hear, not you, Dr. Hoffman, but I mean, you might be surprised that, you know, actually we think about menopause as an estrogen uh, dominant mm-hmm. time because um, we actually continue to make certain amounts of estrogen in the body, even though the ovarian production has declined. It, it, but it's the not just like the, they're, they're, they're pulling a, turning a switch and the, all, your, all your hormones go away. It, it doesn't work that right. way. Yeah. 
It doesn't work that way. And we do make estrogen in other parts of our body. We convert it from other pro-hormones and precursors. We make it in our fatty tissue. Um, but progesterone, boy, progesterone just tanks for women. Um, yep. we, we lose uh, you know, 70%. Than estrogen. Yep. Yeah, 70% between the ages of 35 and 50. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with any luck, it happens really slowly over time, right? And you don't notice it until later. You introduce a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, a pandemic, you know, I don't know, you know, other things like that. And a woman may, in her 40s, start to, you know, really feel that loss of progesterone as it impacts her sleep and her menstrual regularity, perhaps maybe leading to more mood swings or anxiety challenges. Whereas the estrogen um, tends to drop more uh, for most women towards their late 40s, early 50s. Um, you know, and that's often heralded by temperature dysregulation, hot flashes and night sweats, sometimes heart palpitations, and, and then often an exacerbation of the other things I mentioned, the sleep disturbance, mm-hmm. the mood changes, um, all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, so to me, I, I'm always looking, trying to look at the balance between estrogen and progesterone in that population, um, and, and then, you know, really supporting, if I want to address estrogen dominance, I have to look at where the estrogen is coming from, how it's being broken down and detoxified, and then, you know, do I need to add progesterone or some kind of supplement or herbal mm-hmm. formulation to try to, you know, bring up that progesterone to balance balance the, uh, balance the it properly? And then, of course, I go back and I look at the gut, which is often a real surprise to women. You know, they come in wanting some hormones or they come in wanting a non-hormonal approach or whatever it is. And when I start talking about their gut, maybe doing a stool test, you know, asking about their diet, things like that, you know, sometimes they are they are surprised. Why are we talking about my gut? And of course, it circles back to part one of our conversation because I can, I can only I can only get there from here, right? I mean, I have to make sure that that we're having good gut function. What do you say to the client? You know, you're close to wine country there. There's some excellent vineyards uh, you know, uh-huh. within easy driving distance. So, what do you sure. say to uh, you know the, the client who comes in uh, who? Says, you know, I enjoy uh, a couple of glasses of uh, red wine with my husband every night at uh, dinner. Uh, does that affect uh, the estrogen balance? It does. And it's so, you know, as a wine lover, I'm just going to say that it, it saddens me to say so, but it absolutely does. Um, I think it can be, it can be inflammatory. It can create other types of uh, blood sugar imbalance or exacerbate insulin resistance, which is going to be more common as we get older and our hormones change anyway. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, I'm really, I'm very practical yeah. after all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am not in the business of telling people you can, you can't do this. You, you must do this. You have to stop this. But what I do really try to do, um, is talk to people really frankly, you know, listen to, you know, the things about their diet and lifestyle that feel really important to them, the things that they're already telling me they kind of know they need to let go or change. And I really, I spent a lot of time doing lifestyle counseling and behavior modification counseling. Just, you know, how can we create small goals to move you towards a more optimal diet and lifestyle? Because as a naturopathic doctor, I need, um, I, I need a foundation of diet and exercise and optimal weight and stress management in order to be able to do the medicine that I want to do, right? Otherwise, I'm just practicing allopathic symptom management. Um, and so, you know, 
going back to the wine, we do we do have to, you know, I always, I take like a diet recall from people and then I'll always say, so tell me about your relationship with alcohol and caffeine and sugar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to I hear, where can we modulate those things? And, you know, as you can imagine, even my, even the hippies that are left over, even my, my, um, my, my Berkeley expats who have come to UCSC here in Santa Cruz, or even my, my families that have just been in Santa Cruz forever, it is a very integrative mix here in Santa Cruz of people. You know, we tend to, people out here tend to eat well, tend to value um, fresh produce and farmer's market and high-quality ingredients. So um, I'm often dealing with people who already have a very good understanding of what they, quote-unquote, should be doing. So Mm -hmm. for me, a lot of the times, it's less that I have to teach them from scratch, and it's more that we have to really look at helpful, reasonable, sustainable ways to modulate things like alcohol use, caffeine use, sugar intake. I personally don't expect people to give things up completely that they love, but I do think people can have healthier relationships with some of those things. Indeed. You know, every October there's, uh, you know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month and there's all these, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, run walks for the cure. And uh, there's actually evidence that in uh, breast cancer survivors that exercise can reduce the risk of recurrence by significant double digits, as much as 30%. So is it, uh, I mean, exercise has many, many effects, including helping people to maintain optimal weight, but does it have an impact on the microbiome? Yeah, it, it does, actually. Um, and I thank you for bringing that up. You mentioned earlier, um, we talked about how hormones and, and frankly, everything else um, has to be metabolized by the liver. And one of the things that, you know, exercise and enhanced circulation and lymphatic drainage do is, is support the detoxification that happens in the liver. And so we do see that regular, you know, moderate intensity exercise, um, you know, I, some of the most recent data I've looked at, you know, ballparks at around 150 minutes minutes a week um, can lower levels of circulating estrogens. Um, And of course, the other thing that regular exercise does is it can, um, even though when we first exercise, it can actually um, increase uh, cortisol and other endorphins, um, but but over time, it's uh, it's more long-term effect is to to reduce cortisol. And of course, too much cortisol um, really drives hormone production in a different direction. I mean, we are survival organisms, right? So if the body is perceiving that there is acute stress or that there's a saber-toothed tiger, the production of stress hormones like cortisol um, and preparing us to outrun that saber-toothed tiger is going to greatly prioritize preparing us to, you know, get pregnant and, and optimize reproductive function. So, and of course, I see that a lot with my perimenopausal women because let's face it, your 40s is not usually a low stress period of time, right? Indeed, we've got yeah. we've got kids, we're at the height of our professional career, we're often taking care of our elders. Um, so it is a time when we've really got to look at cortisol levels and stress. So again, people come to me because they want to, you know, I, I have hormone imbalance, right? I have hormone imbalance. Sometimes they even come. I have estrogen dominance. They've, they've read, they've read Dr. Lee's book. They're, they're online. And then, of course, you know, I want to look at, I don't want to just look at estrogen and progesterone. I want to look at testosterone and DHEA, the androgens. I want to look at um, the thyroid. I want to look at cortisol levels. Um, and, of course, DHEA, which I mentioned, comes from the adrenals as well. So I want to look at how the body's producing stress hormones. And I want to look at the gut. So I, I often um, am looking at things that they didn't expect that I would look at to try to get a, a big picture. Um, but, yeah, I mean, exercise, as you said, is just, I mean, you know, 
for cancer risk reduction, for cognitive function, for mood, for optimizing our weight. And we know that being overweight is an underlying risk factor for pretty much everything that kills us. Um, and certainly it also has its impact um, on our on our gut as well and, and the hormone balance in that way. I would also uh, just say that, you know, in addition to marathons and other forms of exercise, that um, things that maybe not everybody thinks of as exercise, but things like, you know, yoga, tai chi, qigong, you know, these kinds of activities do move our body, still have the benefit of enhancing, you know, uh, strength, circulation, uh, lymphatic drainage, um, but also are very calming and soothing to the parasympathetic nervous system, you know, the part of our body that rests and digests. And so, you know, sometimes I have somebody who um, I might need to balance their gut, I might need to balance her hormones, but the cortisol's through the roof and she's stressed out. And so, you know, for her, I might really, instead of trying to focus her back towards exercise, I might really encourage her to try to increase some of those other activities that are going to quiet her nervous system down a little bit more um, and focus on that as a more gentle exercise for her initially and then kind of moving her into more strenuous exercise um, and, and, and strength training too, which I think is crucial for women and, and often um, under-recommended for women. Um, you know, how we manage our stress is huge. And so not only does exercise directly impact this, you know, you know, through the gut and maintaining our weight and helping our mood, but I think the effect that exercise has on stress management is another indirect way that yeah. it's, it's crucial to this whole story of hormone Absolutely. Uh, balance. I, I use yeah. exercise, of course, as, a, as kind of a circuit breaker, a great uh, stress reducer. And, Me too. Uh, if, I, yeah. if, if I don't, you know, I kind of get antsy because I have that kind of yeah. care, I have that kind of constitution, you know. <laughs> yeah, I always say it's my antidepressant, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I need it for my mental health as much as I need it for my, my physical health. Indeed. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a vital message with you. So here goes. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods. Black garlic, black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's my future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles of Black for Health and get two bottles of Wild Oil of Oregano free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They are what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to today's guest, Dr. M.A. Shunny. Yeah. So, for, you know, for our listeners out there, they're kind of going, hmm, you know, uh, 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 strobilome imbalances, uh, estrogen dominance. Uh, can you uh, give us a profile of what that might look like? Uh, you know, when should people be thinking that maybe they, they've got some sort of hormone mm -hmm. imbalance? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, hormone imbalance, of course, it's like it's a, it's a great masquerader. I mean, everything everything can be related to hormone imbalance and everything can look like hormone imbalance, right? So, um, 
you know, I would caution anybody who, you know, hops online and gets one of those lists, right, to just just know that it really is important um, to meet with your provider or your doctor to really kind of talk things through and listen to your history, do some appropriate tests. And it's pretty simple to figure out if it's actually a hormone-derived issue or not. Um, For women, I would say, you know, I would be thinking about hormone imbalance, certainly if you're having any kind of menstrual changes, um, you know, your, your period doesn't have to be every 28 days, and it doesn't have to be the exact same number of days every month. But most women really do track pretty regularly. Um, 25 to 35 days, every 25 to 35 days can be normal if it's normal for you. So one of the things we're really looking for are abrupt changes. Either it's never been regular, that's one thing to look at, or it was regular until. So the periods get irregular, long, short, all over the place. The flow really changes, uh, very heavy periods, very painful periods, um, a lot of emotional and physical distress and symptoms in the week or two leading up to your periods, Um, but even just mood changes um, throughout the cycle, headaches, sleep disturbances. Um, I said mood changes, but also like mood swings, like fluctuations that just don't feel right. Mm Uh, You know, surprisingly, lots of aches and pains and inflammation, especially at menopause time, um, can be a a really predominant symptom for women that also isn't mentioned nearly as much as, say, hot flashes, for example. Um, Even changes in bowel habits can be associated with... I was just going to say, yep, yep. You're reading my mind. I was just going to say even changes in in bowel habits. Um, Cognitive function. God, brain fog is huge for women. I know, you know, I just turned 50 um, and I'm perimenopausal and, you know, watching the way in which my brain is like remodeling to these changed amount of hormones, it's from an intellectual perspective, it's fascinating. From a day-to-day perspective, it's frustrating, Um, Mm -hmm. but but it's real. And, And of course, Every woman experiences this a little bit differently, so that makes that makes it all the more reason that we need doctors to be well versed in in really being able to take the whole picture with women. Um, I just want to say briefly that for men, you know, obviously we don't have the same kind of menstrual challenges for men, but certainly you know changes in energy and stamina, endurance, um, you know, brain fog and cognitive changes, depression, uh, sleep changes, uh, you know, libido changes for both sexes. I didn't mention. Uh, libido changes for women, but that's another big one that mm-hmm. can change. Um, not only libido changes, but changes in the ability to be aroused, have an orgasm, I mean, all of those sexual function things changing, and for men, erectile function. So all of those things, weight gain in both sexes, of course, um, and, you know, I, I feel like all of those things can potentially relate back to hormone uh, health and hormone imbalance and certainly could be worth um, meeting with somebody who can take a look at that and help you understand if that's the case for you. Some of what you've described sounds like uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Is that a a subset of uh, imbalance in the estrobolome? Uh, Is there a a microbiome impact on the severity of uh, PCOS? Yeah, absolutely. You know, many women, you don't have to have elevated testosterone to be diagnosed with PCOS, but um, it is a very prominent feature of the diagnosis, and many women experience that. So PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, women typically have irregular cycles, often have excessive hair growth or acne, um, fertility issues, and and often there's insulin resistance that can be, not always, but can be accompanied with with weight challenges also. Um, But the testosterone, you know, most women with 
with PCOS are estrogen dominant, they're, you know, testosterone converts to estrogen. So if you've got high levels of testosterone that are being made, that can put more estrogen into circulation, and then the body, of course, has to manage that. When I do hormones on most women with PCOS, you know, they often have elevated testosterone and or DHEA, uh, elevated estrogen and low progesterone. So we can often see the estrogen dominance there. So we want to do many of the same things. You know, again, look at the gut support the gut with a probiotic like Dr. O'Hara's probiotic that's going to impact, you know, that's going to make sure that there's food for those probiotics to eat and that you're getting all of those good postbiotic metabolites. Support, you know, estrogen metabolism, give progesterone if needed. Um, Obviously, look at the diet and the lifestyle. Um, And then there is the added issue in PCOS of, you know, how can we try to decrease the testosterone production? And there are various herbs and things that I'll I'll use in those situations depending. Um, But it absolutely, uh, PCOS is is on the estrogen dominance list and would certainly make me want to go back and look at the estrobilome and the mm-hmm. microbiome in general. Yeah. And how do you typically dose, uh, you know, you say Dr. Here is just your favorite go-to probiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you dose it? Uh, do, uh, do you really go high dose or a moderate dose works? I usually start with, well, so they've got two, they've got a, you know, they've got their kind of regular retail formula and then there's a professional, a professional line. Um, the more common, kind of the original formula, I believe is what it's called. Um, those probiotics were growing uh, in their medium for three years and then in the professional, it was actually five years. Um, so the idea being that you're just getting a, a more robust, kind of, like you said, a food-based probiotic system. I love that. Um, so what I usually do is for, you know, I judge which, I'm, as you can imagine, the professional one's more expensive. So I kind of judge, you know, based on symptoms and based on, usually I'm doing a stool test too. So based on those two things, I kind of decide if I feel like I need the expensive big guns to start with. Um, frankly, I often just start with the original formula and I will do, um, I will do one, uh, gel cap, uh, twice a day. And I, uh, it says on the on the uh, package to do that for one month and then to go down to, to one a day. But I kind of base that, again, depending on, you know, the severity of the dysbiosis I might see on the stool test and the severity of symptoms. And in some cases, depending on the progress, um, you know, I will keep them at a higher dose for a longer period of time. But at some point, usually between um, month two to month four, I'm going to reduce down to one a day. Okay. Well, Thanks for a very comprehensive introduction to a, a complex subject, which is novel to me. The first time, literally, the first time I've heard of this term, and I thought it was well based oh, on the microbiome. Yeah, the estrobilome. Uh, that I think is a wonderful concept uh, because we can, you know, how do you modulate hormones? Well, you know, you can take hormones if you're deficient, yeah. but if you have too much, you have an overproduction. Uh, how do right. you control that? You can't suck out the hormones. Uh, so modulate the hormones via the gut. You know, it sounds yeah. entirely sensible to me. And with uh, new research that substantiates that, um, that sounds like and definitely old, a way to and go. And some old research. And yeah. some old research, apparently. <laughs> dating back way before 1989, dating back probably to the time of Hippocrates. <laughs> Probably. We just probably. forgot about it. Well, I'm so excited we got to talk about something that's not that's not in your wheelhouse because your wheelhouse is big, Dr. Hoffman. Well, indeed, you know? and you've expanded uh, <laughs> the understanding of our, our listeners as well. So let's. Uh, that's great. Today's call to action is uh, the Dr. Here's probiotics are available at Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, 
and all the usual suspects, other natural health retailers across the U.S. It's also available online via EssentialFormulas.com, where you can find a retailer near you, uh, or perhaps order directly. So uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Chani, for joining us today, and uh, all the best uh, to you as you minister to uh, uh, all those uh, health-conscious Californians <laughs> in Santa Cruz. Uh, it's a little well, bit like... Gilding the lily because uh, they're all uh, subsisting on organic foods and taking gobs of vitamins. They are. I'm. Uh, I we we have our own issues in that department, but but yes, I am very fortunate to have such an like super educated and interested uh, patient population here. It's it's a pleasure, and it's so lovely to get to talk to you again. It's been too long, and I'm I'm glad you're doing well and uh, continuing to spread all this wonderful information. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much. You're a great communicator. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.